welcome back to the Hunger for Knowledge podcast. Uh, if you're checking us out again, as always, I want to say thank you. And uh, Rob, how you been doing? How, how, I'm how good. How's your week been? Busy. Busy, busy week. Too many projects, not enough time. That's how I feel, man. It's way too much stuff, man. Stuff going on. I remember there was a time where I felt like I didn't do anything. Like, <laughs> like I was just like not doing any projects. It was just kind of just chilling i guess uh tonight uh we have my friend dean here with us dean say hello to the folks hello Hello. people like we talked about the millions and millions that's like the rock the millions millions. millions. that's what i took it the rock is he's one of my the heroes of my life (laughs) gotta put your hand to your ear yeah you know the people's elbow the rock man. <laughs> i was serious man i was a serious rock fan. i had toys and everything <laughs> like, oh man but uh yeah tonight we're gonna talk to dean about something that something that is really uh you know i think affects everybody not just in the united states but maybe in the whole world you know and um and that's that's the the concept of addiction think everybody in the world knows somebody who's addicted to something and uh me and dean you know we we've, we've been playing a lot of basketball <laughs> hanging out yeah, chilling. Some, another basketball player yeah we bring basketball people in because basketball people are the best types of people yeah, good yes people. seems like we kind of socialize in the same circles it's something about somebody who will get out there as almost 30-year-old, 40-year-old person and lay their body on the line even though they know they're going to be all hurt for absolutely no compensation. or For rent no, glory. Just rent glory. <laughs> just so you can look at that dude and be like, you know what I just game. It is the wreck. It is, it is it the is, wreck. It's, you know. Plus, you got to pay to get in. It's it not getting paid. A professional athletic. <laughs> oh hey. man! But yeah, we, we, you know, we played ball and you know, hanging out became you know aware that you know that he had he had had a you know a, a battle with addiction himself, and uh, you know, over time, you know, he's he's told me you know more and more about you know what it been like. And that's what I think the most important part of all of this is, you know. We can have, you can have all the statistics in the world, numbers about uh, how what people are addicted to and stuff, but at the end of the day I think it's really about listening to the journeys of the people who actually go through it. Because, you know, there's nothing that can can teach uh, anybody better than experience. So Dean, um, tell me, like, you know, how how did you get started into uh, into the you know the harder things that you know that you <laughs> <laughs> the, the harder things? We're not talking about that light stuff. Yeah, no, <laughs> we're, not talking, we're, talking, we're not talking about the garden variety. Yes. We're talking. <laughs> We're talking about the real stuff, you know, the, you know, the stuff that we just had a, you know, a mutual friend that died, you know, not too long ago from, from an overdose. So it's always something that I'm willing to listen to because I think that it can, I think it can, it can help people, you know, to, to definitely guide people who, 
you know, who's been in, been in it. So yeah, you know, tell you know, tell us, tell also, us so. Also, for some of us to get a little more understanding, maybe a chance to sit in somebody else's shoes that's been through it. Yeah, that's that's definitely the truth. Well, <clears throat> I guess it all starts like in high school. There was a lot of times, like when you're young, I was probably like 14, 15 when you figure out what women and drinking and drugs are like, and I gr- don't have like a traumatic childhood experience or anything that like threw me into a spiral. Like I grew up in a good house and all of that. I just think it was more curiosity about things I had no experience with, like any of my family, like I'm the black sheep, like by far of my family, both sides, like there's not even a close runner up at all. So I kind of had to figure out a lot of the quote unquote evils of the world myself. And I like kind of enjoyed it a lot too when I was younger. So with all the hard stuff, a lot of people who struggle, like it really all goes back to pills and like messing around with like just basic opiates. And like, I mean, I don't know how your guys school was growing up, but like if you like remotely partied in high school it was like you were smoking weed in the morning before school like crushing up pills on desks or eating them like during the day and then partying after school like we used to have when we were like 15 60 we used to have like wednesday night socials we called them where we just like played beer pong and flip cup and go to school the next morning <laughs> like my, we were just stupid when we figured like all that stuff out we just went wild with it because like i said i had no experience for that so when i realized that that world was out there it was like a whole different ball game but I think, like, with the hard things, and a lot of people who struggle with it would agree that it all goes back to prescription pills. But then once, like, things run their course, they become a little harder to come by, especially yeah. when you get older. I think when I was in high school, it didn't fe- Now, I'm older. I don't know how old you are. 28. I'm, okay, yeah, I'm 41, so almost 42. So, But when I was in school, it didn't, I didn't do drugs, so this is kind of like good for me to also hear like that's a normalized type of thing yeah i went to parties and stuff but it didn't seem it was like when i was in school it's like heroin mm-hmm. was a lot of it. it wasn't like prescription drugs and i think that's been more popular yeah like lately as opposed to back you know i was in school in 96 yeah. so this is well long, almost 20 years ago jeez yeah. you know so i don't know but of course i didn't do it so maybe it was i don't know yeah I think the pills were just kind of easy for us to hide when we were younger, I suppose, because yeah. there's like no smell or anything and you're getting the buzz on, which is all it's about when you're figuring out that game when you're a kid is yeah. how to get away with it and hide it from everybody, but still get as high as you possibly can. So when, what, when did you like age wise, like start doing like pills yeah. and it's heavy, probably like 16 or 17, but then that was just like a weekend, like a party type of thing scenario, mm. but it really quickly progresses like every like the next couple of years it becomes like a daily thing like and it's crazy like you don't even see it happening but i didn't discriminate against drugs for a long time i liked them all equally but... <laughs> <laughs> and it just that took... was nice of you <laughs> yeah exactly yeah <laughs> so it just took a while for that to become like the true vice but i don't know i just really enjoyed that feeling and then like going to college and all that stuff like living on a budget and everyone else is doing it and then that's when like heroin comes in to the fold because it's significantly cheaper and Mm -hmm. i hate to say that but it's the truth that's why people do it but so like for the bang best bang for the buck certainly yeah yeah that was probably started doing that when i was about 21 years old but i'd already been doing like pills and all that jazz for a long time but it took 
seven years to put that down then after I started shooting heroin. Seven years you seven went through years, that? No breaks, no nothing. I never tried to kick before. I never went to rehab. It was just like a straight seven-year run of a terrible tale, <laughs> web of lies and deceit and all that. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, it gave up, but it was good that it did. But yeah, it took seven years for me to stop doing it. Wow. So you went from college, doing it in college, to uh, did you make it through college? I made it. I have one semester left. Really? Yeah. And I left. It's not, I just had a whole bunch of stuff going on right. at the time, but my mom got cancer and I was my own mess and mm-hmm. hiding it from the entire world. Mm-hmm. And it, like money was running thin with like my family and myself. So I just like pulled out and started working full time. But I do plan to go back and finish, but like, so, I could sugarcoat a bunch of things and say why well, I didn't finish college, but it pr- should be pretty obvious that it's because I was shooting heroin 90% uh, of the time. But you made it almost, you almost heroin. made it the whole way through. Yeah. Ex- yeah so. so that's pretty amazing. Yeah. And that's like heroin was just like a big part of my life, but like that's also like the college atmosphere of just like debaucherous drinking and women and on top of a crazy heroin addiction, like it just was a disaster, but it took a long time for that to actually register that it was the disaster it was. Because you can hear from the outside and everyone can tell you how terrible things are, but until you want to address it, you're not going to do anything. You got to you gotta be the one that wants to take yeah. care of the problem. Yeah, in any form of addiction, I think that's true. Because like, people try to force their kids or loved ones into treatment. I think that's a really good thing, but you're going to just be pissing your money away unless they something clicks where you realize that you can't live your life with that in it because mm-hmm. yeah. it's all encompassing. It's not, it's just, it becomes something that you don't even have a choice. It's not a habit. It's a lifestyle. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I remember when I stopped smoking cigarettes, um, you know, it, you see the reasons why you shouldn't do it. And I'm not really even comparing this to a heroin thing, even though some people, I guess might argue that it. <laughs> It's somehow harder to stop doing cigarettes. <laughs> the fact yeah. that it says will cause cancer will cause cancer on the side. <laughs> it says it, but I don't believe them. You know? <laughs> but no, uh, but when I was trying to quit, you know, I like like Dean said, it was with addiction. You have to be ready yourself to be like, okay, this isn't how I really want to live. Like, I got to the point where I was, like, it created so much mucus and stuff. Like, cause I, I think I was somewhat allergic to it, and I'm, like, somewhat asthmatic. I don't know, like, my breathing tubes and stuff were, like, kind of close up a little bit. Now, how the heck did you play basketball? I don't know. I think about that sometimes. I'm, I'm like, like, yeah. Like, on that. Yeah. Like, packs a day. Yeah. Like, 16 I don't know. I was playing basketball and volleyball, still smoking before and after the games. Yeah, like I'm an idiot. I really don't know sometimes, like, because then there was like this whole part of my life when I was like in my twenties, where I was like going around the basketball courts and just like, <laughs> like just like chain smoking in the middle, like from court to court, like <laughs> looking get, hard, get there, smoke, get done with a game, like lose a game and be off to the side and be like, man, smoke a cigarette. In between the game, you know what I mean? Like, do you think, but in a weird way, do you think cigarettes quitting smoking is almost harder? That's what I mean. Like, because like, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's more out in the open. What do you think? As, you know, uh, I don't know. I mean, that 
I've never quit cigarettes either. <laughs> but it is, I think that's much more of a mental thing. And once yeah. you're able to break that's a mental true. thing, you can, but the physical, like, the aspect, physical things, yeah. you can't even yeah. compare. Like, yeah, you can't compare drugs, that. Like, when that, you're no. actually sick, like you can't fathom getting up out of bed. You don't know whether to yeah. puke or run to the bathroom for like a week straight. Like that's a whole lot different than. I have a buddy that like, we met Seth. I've known him for. I mean, twenty over twenty years. I guess it's been twenty five years now, almost as long as Geo. Uh, no, longer than Geo. Most of my life. Yeah, <laughs> and definitely most of his life. That's like three, like removing three years of his life. Like, Geo, uh, well, we started playing basketball in New Holland when I was like fifteen or sixteen. So, you know, but that's cool. Seth, he he uh. I, he smoked ever since I've known him, and he he quit for a little while, but gets so sick, you know, like has like respiratory issues, and when he quit, it went away. Mm. I was so happy for him. I was just like, you know, it was so awesome. And then he started again, you know, and then I I don't know if it's come back like that, but I can't imagine that wasn't part of the reason, you know, mm. like just the health. It's got to affect your health in some kind of way. Yeah, definitely definitely has to um so when you know we're in like the heyday of your heroin (laughs) the good old days the good old days (laughs) back in the day um so when you were back you know in that time were you really just like living to you know to to get like your next fix like was that kind of how like Cause I think a lot of people don't understand like the like, kind of like the schedule or something of an addict. Yeah. They're like, well, how does that work? They're like, what do you just get high all the time? Do you go to work? Do you, you know what I mean? Like, I think a lot of people are, are, are kind of like, you know, lost on that. Were you like function? Like, did you work? Yeah. And stuff? For, for a long time, I'd say like ninety five percent of the time that I was using hard, I had a full time job and like then some, and was still like going out on the weekends doing my thing but like in between like i you always had to have it like so have people meet you at the bar if you're out in the bar have people meet you at work if you need to meet you at work but like you can function for a long time but there comes a point and anyone who has had to like reevaluate their life would say there comes a time where you can't manage anymore and it does take over and i got to that part like the last probably six months of mine i was just that it was all that mattered. Like I didn't care about working. I didn't care about anything. Like whatever I had to do to get it, all of that. Were you involved? Like, where did you have relationships, like girlfriends and mm-hmm. stuff? Yeah, I did. It's been like the and like I've never dated a girl who got high remotely. Like not even smoke weed or anything. Like really, I just never have. I don't know why it's played like that, but it and has. you kept she hidden from her. Yeah, I've broken up with every girlfriend that I've ever had. Surprisingly, huh? It's terrible. <laughs> but yeah, somehow, he's a horrible man. Yeah, but I've, like I've somehow been able to hold down relationships and like pretty good jobs and like had good relationships with people. I just it's all just an act. It's all just a game. Like, uh, but that's it gets to that point. Uh, it's pretty amazing though that that you can do that though. That's it. The, you can't do it forever though. I'm sure some yeah. people would argue that you can. Who don't want to admit they have a crazy problem but you can't do it forever like it just becomes too much and once you like let go of that weight of lying all the time like to yourself most of all like Mm -hmm. that feels even better than when you stop lying to everybody else and that feels great as well but when you stop doing it to yourself that's like a huge day huh do you remember 
when it transitioned from just being like pills to like um, I'm going to shoot this up. Uh, I guess when I probably saw somebody do it for the first time and then you see that look on their face like just that it feels really good and like like we were like I was probably I lived above a bar at college when I was 21 like when I started shooting heroin and we were all just crazy party guys like doing everything all the time and then a couple people were shooting heroin and then the people who did pills started snorting heroin and then you snorted it for a little bit and then you always just cave in when you like it was curiosity like I remember I was like in the library of college studying for something and it was like nine thirty or 10 o'clock and I'd been snorting it for like two weeks or whatever and I just, it just clicked in my head and I was like I want to know what that feels like and I called my roommate and I was like you got anything he's like yeah and I was like do you have extra rigs and he's like yeah and I was like all right I'm coming home right now and I just came home and did it and it was just off and running since then but I remember making the conscious decision that I want to do that what were like the different effects compared to snorting it and shooting it up? Instant, just like an instant. There's no. Is it like stronger? Oh yeah. So okay. you like, can feel it go from your. You can feel it go through your body. Okay. As well, it, those first couple times that you do it, you I spent seven years chasing how I felt those first few times. So it's like a dissipating effect thereafter. Sure. Yeah. It takes more and more, like okay, and then when it, okay. when it just gets you to the point where you're not sick anymore, that's where people, you know, like we're losing people like crazy when you're mm. mixing it with like yeah. benzos or you're so drinking. So now you're on top trying to it. make it work yeah. stronger. Yeah, and then you're just trying to find combinations to mimic how you felt those first couple times. Huh. Like you're always chasing how that felt. Do you ever think of like the reasons of why? Do you think that it has mostly to do with an opiate dependency that started, you know, with pills and stuff like that? I know with some people, it would seem like they almost might get high to run away from like a certain pain. Oh, or I something think, like I think that. that's like, all of it pretty much. Yeah. You I know think what it's I mean? all trying to fill some sort of void that you have. And I know you know, but I'm a really big Grateful Dead fan. And Jerry Garcia struggled with heroin for a long time and, like, died in a rehab. Not from heroin, but he died when he was trying to get his life together. And he had a famous quote that said, Heroin's a perfect drug for people with problems because it takes all of your problems and rolls them into one problem, which is just how am I going to get high? You Mm. don't think about the debt you have. You don't think Mm. about the issues with the women that you have, like, None of that matters, and you truly, I'm telling you, I'd never thought about any of that. Like, I'm scrambling right now to make up for, like, what I haven't worried about for seven years. But, like, you don't care, and it's all about that one thing. So I always thought that was, like, super potent of a quote that just lets you know, like, it. that's why a lot of people, like, once they do break it down and, like, get out of that world and all that stuff comes back, it's overwhelming at first, but the whole, like, complexities of dealing with, even if you think it's bullshit, like, jobs money family like that's like what makes life worth living once you get away from numbing yourself that all of that even exists if that makes sense yeah yeah man that's yeah it's that's wow that's uh that you explained that very well that's uh yeah so when you're but when you were in like you could still cope with like the outside things though because you were saying you worked and yeah. you did, you know, so that's like kind of crazy to me. Like, yeah, I did for a really long time. Like I was able to somehow still be a nightmare of a human and still pretend that I wasn't. Yeah. But then 
it becomes hard to pretend to do that. So the, the but the the addiction makes you do things you don't you you know aren't proud of. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, so like I mean, normally you'd be doing things a lot different. Obviously, oh, yeah. everything would be different. Can you explain like what what's the sensation? That's in you know I mean like on like when you watch something on a movie or something and like they're always really trying to like convey this same like a uh, euphoria yeah. that is like almost like this transcendent experience that this person is having almost kind of I, I don't know I don't know. It almost looks like a flirting with death. That's kind of like what it seems like. Kind of. And when you're closer to death, it feels the best. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing that's... <laughs> wow. That's, that's the scary. thing that is... Exactly. It's terrible. Is... But like, if you... Like, I remember when people were like... Someone's like, oh, man, somebody overdosed on this stuff. It's and like... They try to get it. I want to try and get that. Like, I want to try and get what he overdosed on. It's so terrible. That's the wildest that's the phenomenon. Like, that's not just like what I would do, me. but like, that's how everyone would be. They'd be like... Oh, there's good stuff on that block. Like that's where we need to go. So if the guy over or a person would overdose, you're like, you almost want to find out where they got that yeah. stuff from, and you yeah. want to go if get they it. Didn't die. If they didn't die, <laughs> well, I mean, that'd be the caveat. Yeah. They didn't die. They, <laughs> they just... didn't die, and they just went to the hospital. It's like, all right, I want two of those. That's well, kind of crazy. But and then to just like stay away, like man, that stuff over there it's killed like three people. Mm-hmm. Like man, don't go get that. Like, I got like. For me, I've never done drugs. I've never even drank. Ever? No. Accidentally. Yeah. <laughs> accidentally. accidentally well, I used to go play poker and like you, you get down at the casino and you like, I want a Coke. And they oh, give you a rum no, and Coke. Like, rum yeah. Like you the, said, what's wrong with this Coke? Yeah. yeah. Like this just doesn't, <laughs> something doesn't taste right. Yeah. And like, well, first time I accidentally, <laughs> I worked at this place and they had, um, <laughs> they had a, uh, like they worked, they worked crazy hours. There's just a couple of us that worked at a detailing shop, and they worked crazy hours. They just always be in the shop, and they were like built custom trucks and stuff. They were always doing all kinds of stuff, and they'd be in there drinking. Yeah, the problem is we'd always have Turkey Hill tea in the refrigerator. Yeah, you should tell the guy that doesn't drink that you changed the Turkey Hill tea from that to like <laughs> it was like I don't know what it was, but I know it wasn't tea. <laughs> it was the they're like, oh yeah, I forgot to tell you, Long Island. <laughs> yeah, thanks, man. No, it was like Jack's Daniels or something. I don't know rum. I don't know what it. Is. I, I don't. I mean Southern Comfort. Southern That's, Comfort. Oh, that no. was what it was. If I thought it was tea and it was Southern Comfort, I would be happy. No, no. <laughs> especially at like nine o'clock in the morning. I'm like, <laughs> what are you? I was like, guys, you gotta start putting labels on the drunk. on the bottles here because I'm a little confused on what's going on right now. <laughs> yeah. I can't get fired, right? That I'm must... not. I'm not drinking on the job. I yeah. promise. <laughs> See, that must have been like a a, a weird thing, like kind of growing up. Like, I mean. I've never, you know, I never did anything more than smoke weed. So it was like when I was coming up, I've, I've, uh, well, I drank too, you know, but that's kind of like, I guess, a normal thing for people. It's like it's normal. It's, it's like normal. Just, it's just like, oh, you want to I'm the it? oddity. Yeah, you're odd if you don't drink. And that's, that's a really weird thing. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, it's, you know, it was kind of, <laughs> it was kind of like when we were at Mike's. We were at Mike's and he 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 brought out that stuff the um Tahitian um, yeah Tahitian whatever oh man what was that stuff called I but forget. you looked at it I, was I thought like, it, was... I, it looked like it could have been alcohol it was in a weird bottle too it looked like it was some sort of wine or something but I knew he stopped drinking but like I didn't know yeah. you know I don't know <laughs> I was like no. He's... 
Fetty followed it up. Said it was. He said it was Tio's favorite. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like Tio's a monster. Yeah. He's like you want to feel like that. But yeah, no, I had some of that stuff. Tahitian noni. I tried it. It was not really. It wasn't good. It wasn't good. It wasn't good. But I actually like. I don't know. I I told my wife like I was in a really like good place after that though. You know. We, I mean he. He knows his stuff, and he... What was it supposed to do? Um, Tahitian Noni is supposed to uh, invigorate you and make you, you know, kind of, like, ready to be in beast mode or something. I'll tell you what. I drank some at the end, and I didn't go to sleep for, like, an hour after I got home. Yeah. And it was, like, 2... We got... I mean, I, I got home at, like, 2.30. I didn't yeah, go to sleep yeah, at, like, 3.30. Yeah, I was I was trying to go to the flea market the next day. I yeah. was like, nope, this yeah. ain't happening because yeah. I got to get up in a half hour to go. <laughs> yeah, no. But, yeah, I mean... But, yeah, I, I drank in high school and stuff, but I was... I guess I was just always around. Most of my friends were people who did get deeper. Like, they, like, carried pill crushers around and stuff like that. Like, they... That was my friends, you know. It just I just didn't want to go that route because I was I had a strange suspicion about it. I've always been really leery of anything having to do with cocaine and on. You yeah. know, to me that seemed to be like the road that like most of my friends, a lot of my friends got addicted to coke, and then eventually it became a pill thing, pill slash coke thing. Like it was just in unison. Uh-huh. <laughs> And then it was like, oh, no, we do heroin now. And, um, I mean, it was just wild to, to, to watch that progression. You know? And that was just, I've I seen people overdose when I was in high school. And, you know, every once in a while I hear some, somebody, somebody told me my friend, you know, overdosed at a stoplight, you know, like, just in his car, like, needle in his arm, like. It's, it's 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 wild. Yeah, that's a really s- strange thing to see. Like I've never knew like the concept of someone being blue in the face is like a concept until you see it, and then it's like the most terrifying thing in the world. I bet that's got to be wild. Like, how close have you ever become to like getting to the point where maybe overdosing or? Oh, or... I've fallen out quite a few times. I guess what you would call it like if anyone were to find me they probably would have called an ambulance yeah but but you I woke just, up i just came to and was laying on the floor and i got really really lucky with all of my stuff but yeah i've seen people i've i had to like i was with my one friend and he overdosed and i had to call 911 and i was like trying to wake him up without doing that because he had like drugs and rigs laying all over the place it's like what do you want me to do but like I tried to wake him up for a second, and then as soon as he started, like, looking different, I called right away. But, like, I was such a piece of shit. I was helping him out, and then, like, as soon as the cops and ambulances came, like, uh, as soon as everybody left and took him to the hospital, like, I shot the same stuff that he just OD'd on, was just, like, waiting for him to get out. Like, so, But the cops well, came? Yeah, the cops came. I hid everything and oh, threw okay. stuff out, and, like, they didn't search the place or anything because they were more concerned about taking care of him yeah. as they should have been, and... As soon as he got in the ambulance, they didn't ask me anything, and I just really? stayed there. And that's crazy. So you were sitting there, like, put, put, kind of just like putting this act on. You're like, yeah, hey, yeah. God, I don't know, man. I came in on him, and he was just no, yeah, and just trying to like hurry him out the door. You're like, yeah, like come on, come on, man. <laughs> that's a crazy. You're holding Pick up me my up high. here in ten minutes, man. Yeah, just leave. Be like, 
<laughs> be like, hey, look, come here, come here. I'm going to swing back this way about 20 minutes yeah. from now. I might, yeah. I might be awake. <laughs> you know, but that's, it's wild. And, and I think, I think the, the awesome part about it is that, you know, that seems like something we shouldn't laugh about, but because no, you you've have, made, you have your, to, yeah, you, have. you know, you've made your way through it. You know, you've, you know, that's, that's, that in itself is something because, you know, you see so, so many people who, who, who can't. So, you know, so like, what, what was it that, that really kind of got you in the mind that, that you needed to, to, you know, make a different way? You know, I just couldn't, I just couldn't function anymore. I couldn't got to a point where you just don't care like about anything, like not just what people think of you, but like you just aren't even thinking like all you can think about is getting high and that's all that matters. And you don't care about working. You don't care about your family. You don't care about your girlfriend or wife or whatever. It's just, you don't care about yourself. You just care about getting that next hit and that's all there is. And once you can realize how badly that's, like throwing off the trajectory of your life and it takes a while to do but like we said before like you have to make that decision people can tell you that all you want but you have to realize it like from a financial standpoint like how much like how much does a habit i guess how much does a habit cost i guess to not, that's a bad question no, but that's like not a bad that, question well, yeah. i'm coming from a, a point of curiosity yeah. no, more no, than no, anything. no that's no, a that's good, a really good perspective question. um to not like when it's really heavy you're not shooting dope to get high you're shooting to not be sick anymore and then if you're lucky you can get high that day Mm -hmm. so like for most people like to not be sick and maybe get high is like a 40 to 60 dollar a day habit probably like at least 40 bucks to be well and probably feel good but then you also want to get high Mm -hmm. that day too hopefully so i was i would be comfortable saying like a pretty strong habit would be like 60 bucks a day probably so like getting four hundred and twenty dollars a week. And I know people have like way more, way worse than that. Like a lot of my way, friends way have hundred dollar a day, but that's like wow. when yeah. you, you scheme people out. Like if you know people who want it too, you tell them it's the bags are five dollars more than they really are. So you're doubling up every time you go get it for somebody, and that's like where it gets eventually for like people because like when you're not working, you gotta yeah. get high somewhat, right? and that's you just like screw over all your friends and. You find a way. Like, it's crazy. That's really what I, that you know, what, what, get, what gets me. It's like, all right, if you have, like, a full-time job, like, I kind of see how you might be able to sustain yeah. that. But if you don't, then that means that your life has to, I mean, I, I'd imagine, like, that's, like, you would definitely consider prostituting yourself. If you, you know, I have such an addiction where it's like, Okay, I absolutely need to do this. You can imagine the types, like the types of things that people would kind of stoop to in order to be able to get the money for like a ridiculous habit. Like, it's got to be kind of crazy. I can't even fathom. Like I can't even it's like... the kinds of things that a person would do. Yeah, yeah. Like when you read about somebody like sticking up a right aid, you're like, why would you ever do that? But if you shot heroin before, you're like. I could see. You I can see. see that he got to that point. <laughs> I could see that happening sometime. Like I've never been to that point, but I understand. Yeah. Getting to a point like that because you don't care about repercussions. You don't care about anything. It's just a, a, someone uh, gives you a way like to get money. You'll get money. As bad as it's hard to say. Like 
now the opioid thing is such a big deal, you know, that we have so much attention put on it. But like, I always wonder if, if drugs are worse now than they were when I was in high school. Like, I don't know, you know? So it's, was there, there was, was there fentanyl like back in the day? Like, like was feels that a like, problem? Like, yeah. was hair, like, was there heroin? I mean, what is fentanyl? fentanyl? What, what is that? I don't that? even know when that was like, like created. Is, is it a derivative of something or is it like its, its own thing? Sort of opiate. But okay. like probably like five or six years ago, heroin was largely heroin in the area, but just like in the state, like Pennsylvania, like I went to school out like near Pittsburgh. So like out there in like Philly, like those are the hubs for like Pennsylvania. Yeah. And it was like heroin, like you mixed it up and it was brown and it was heroin. Like you could tell the difference. And then like the whole state and like the whole country now, like everyone's cutting it with fentanyl because it's cheaper for them to get. Cause like you can just make fentanyl if you like know the right like chemistry and like people do it and they'll cut it with that. And that's like, it lasts like a 10th of the time that a bag of heroin would, but the rush and everything mm-hmm. is very comparable to it. So like you'll do so, the fentanyl and you'll feel good for a little bit, but it's even worse cause it doesn't last as long. So the high is shorter. Uh huh. So high it, shorter and it's like so almost you're creating too. more demand. Yeah, exactly. How? So that's kind of, and it's so cheaper. It with, yeah, so cutting it with fentanyl like screws everybody over except obviously because like when I when yeah. I went to high school, heroin was a you know it was a big deal in Africa. Like they had three, they had the state police here, in the state police barracks out by um I can't think of it as on two seventy two. It's not there anymore. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. But they had three, you know, the borough, the and then the township or whatever. So and it was like it was pretty bad. I knew a lot of people that had had problems. So and then it seemed like it kind of went away. So now it seems like it's gotten it's bad again. Coming back because when I was in high school, and maybe it was just because I like pretended to be like still like not a huge party guy because i was still involved with like sports and homecoming mm-hmm. court and all that stuff yeah it's a, but like nowadays <laughs> like i wouldn't have probably i wouldn't have done that like back then but we had access to like that was when like oxycontin was around like you didn't mm-hmm. have to worry about like finding heroin like no one in at my school ever did it i'm sure people may have but it wasn't like a known thing or like a problem by any means but so did you go to a school that was was in the suburbs or uh, yeah i just went right down to garden spot oh yeah, that's where i graduated from yeah. garden spot yeah no one was doing that when i was there but i'd be shocked if they aren't now just because it's a problem everywhere and that yeah, yeah. always cycle down there and was other always drugs. trying to get high no matter what he, like era it is they'll find yeah. a way to get high no so. there was they were doing other stuff when i was cool but i know effort was like a big they said it was a big like one of the biggest ones in pennsylvania like one of the right. biggest spots in pennsylvania yeah for, when i was in high school and then it got better so obviously it's now it's cycled back. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of crazy. I saw this thing on online the other day, and I guess you know how like on Wikipedia, like you can edit things. Some guy edited somebody's entry in there for effort because the like the the person was just like saying wild stuff. They were just like, Ephrata is. One of the heroin capitals of the world. <laughs> That's what they used to say when so I like, was in high there school. There's a frequent clan <laughs> presence, and like, like, and like the guy, like, just like he's like he deleted it, and then like gave his reason. He's like, you need proof. Like, saying the effort is one of the heroin capitals of the world is a stretch. Like, it shouldn't be in Wikipedia. <laughs> like, but at the same time, it is. It's definitely. Uh, I would definitely say maybe in the country. 
or maybe maybe it's in Pennsylvania. You know, maybe. I don't know. when they, when I was in high school, they said in the country it was like the biggest. It was one of the worst spots for heroin in the country. But I when you're in high school, like, like you can't fathom. Yeah. Like you don't know. You know. What I mean, Outside when you're in bubble, high school, you can't fathom yeah. like the country. You're thinking about you know mm-hmm. your high school. You're not thinking about the country. Yeah. Maybe the state, but like depending on how much you travel, I guess as a young kid, but. Like, I couldn't fathom, like, the country, you know? Like, really? The country? Yeah, right. That's you know, at that point, I'd never been in, like... And really, I think we went to the beach. So, like, I've been to the beach a couple of times. That's, like, as <laughs> most I've ever, tra- like, yeah, traveled yeah, when I was yeah. younger, you know? Well, it's still small to you. Yeah, exactly. So, you're, like, the country. You're, like, holy crap. That's yeah. that's humongous. You can't just fathom that. I have this debate. Me and my friends sometimes have this debate that... Sometimes we argue the difference between like disease and problem. You know what I mean? We have a hard time, especially this is for me. I I, I can't see it as a disease. Like yeah. I have a trouble. I, I have a hard time with it too. And I went like to it. me, like I look at a, a kid with cancer in a hospital. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's a disease. Like he didn't choose to get that. Yeah. And I have a hard time. Like my daughters are like, it's a disease. I'm like, I can't. I just can't. It just in my mind, logically, just and maybe it's because of hey, I never did drugs and never drank or anything, so like it's hard for me to fathom that part of it. Yeah, you know, I don't know. Like, how do you rationale on that type of discussion? I I see like both sides of it because, but for me, I guess I would think it would if it was a disease. I think it's more of just a mental one because you're incapable of like writing your path until you get to like either your rock bottom or below rock bottom, whenever it takes you to like get to that point i understand why people say it's a disease because it's like mental and like physically addicting Mm -hmm. but i mean i was raised around here too and i was like my parents never drank never touched anything so i'm like was i'm very similar thinking to you like you're doing the drugs you choose to at some point but i get that that like a choice for you to do it might be how you get into it but once that takes over i understand how they're saying it's like a disease and now they say like I remember when I was in like meetings and stuff when I had to go to those there was um addiction gene or something that they say is like okay. people's brains like like alcoholism yeah, like, I remember exactly hearing like that, that back in the day so, like yeah. if you're like have alcoholism in your family like it could skip generations but like it'll always be in your family I think people have addictive personalities for sure yeah you know and I think that's part of my fear when I was younger like part of it was that and I was an angry young person so I was always fearful that like I was going to be an angry drunk and I think that's yeah. part of the reason Plus, I had a kid when I was, I was 17 when I had my daughter. So, like, I was doing, I mean, whatever. But, like, I was fearful that I was going to be angry while doing it, you know. I was going to get in more trouble than I was already getting in doing other stuff. So, that's probably, that was part of it. But, like, I don't know. Is it, like, heightened? You might have been a monster. Like, Like, yeah. You might have been a monster. Like, (laughs) I was already doing, like, when it came to anger issues and fighting, there wasn't even, like, Maybe that was my drug. I don't know because it didn't. You'd be like somebody just look at me weird. It was like okay, it's on. You yeah. know, like that kind of stuff. It was stupid stuff. Now I look back, I'm like I'm an idiot. But yeah. it is what it is, you know. <laughs> but I just I wonder. I often wonder if it like would have heightened that. There was a like heightened like which drug like any like I don't know. I guess I'm just asking in general. Uh, it can like you can either if you're like a super like mean person like smoking weed or drinking could like cool you out it's i think it's all dependent on different personalities because i've seen like 
big people who think they're like tough like cry after a couple shots of whiskey and i've also seen like the weakest people in the world turn into the hawk and do like crazy shit <laughs> get beer muscles <laughs> yeah and stuff. like crazy stuff like the mouths people get on them or like just the things that they're willing to try i think it's all depends like yeah and you never will know until you yeah i'm just not gonna even try and find out so <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're, you're good but that, i mean just yeah. like for people like it's different for every single person i think yeah i think the thing that is interesting though in this time is like we're starting to see that drugs it's it's kind of stupid to say drugs are completely good or drugs are completely bad in this time like there's too much research being done into it now where you know we're I think we, as time goes on, we understand chemistry more. We understand that actually we are always being affected by things that are going into our bodies and things. Yeah. And you know, what is a drug? You know, like what is you know, I, is sugar a drug? It would seem to be. Yeah, it would seem to be something that is like possibly toxic that you like put into your body like and don't care like that it, that it may be like wrecking you like you don't yeah you know so i mean how long will it be before people you know they say look you can't have sugar you know well they're always they did that soda tax in philadelphia well, you so, see that yeah that's the that's i mean like if you extrapolate that like if you like look yeah like what that could become you see that eventually there could be this scenario where they're like look uh Sugar kills you. You don't want a sugar rush. Because uh, you never know how that's even, like, affecting you, like, during the day. Like, you don't really, like, keep a tab on, like, all right, is sugar affecting me? And, of course, it's nowhere really near the things that we think about as being drugs. But it, should, you know, things like coffee and things like, like, those things have real effects on people. You know, it may not necessarily be, like... Uh, a addict scenario i think as time goes on people are just starting to realize that we we've been very misinformed about drugs in general you know yeah, now the propaganda they're trying, against to, the drugs well yeah you know they're trying to now you know we're in an age where it's there's a real possibility and a reality that you know uh soldiers who come come back from war might you know be getting like mdma treatments for like and ketamine's catching on in yeah. that like area too yeah ketamine, was... they consider ketamine a drug yeah, oh, yeah. really yeah. yeah i must be thinking of something else i thought i didn't think Ket- Ket- am i yeah, I'm yeah, thinking yeah, of something like, else ketamine, no, what is, ketamine, what is ketamine is a, is a, i believe it's a it's a form of uh, uh oh, you know what i'm just gonna sound funny i was thinking chamomile that's a drug uh, it sounds similar it does it does i understand the phonetics but so uh you have to explain me what the other one is ketamine is uh cert- i think it's a certain type of like um it's it numbs like it like uh what, what's the name of it when like they're trying to like uh numb something during well, like a they tra- use it as an animal tranquilizer yeah yeah it's a certain it's a tranquilizer it's like extremely dissociative too like i would consider it like very psychedelic in nature okay. that's what most people but say you have about to it. yeah it's that's a that's an interesting drug 
in the right doses, I think it'd be really beneficial for people like terminally ill people and stuff. That's what like all the studies are okay. doing now and like PTSD people. Cause yep. it does like if in the right doses, it gives you like a really nice, like calming, relaxing feeling and well, it... lightly psychedelic experience that like makes people at ease more with like the course of the world or whatever they're going through or facing or have faced like just, anxiety and stuff. Yeah. Really, and really like, stuff. yeah, and they're, they have been since like the fifties and sixties, but like, it's starting to catch on a lot more that psychedelics are like getting studied again for like human consumption. I think that's pretty, you know, Joe Rogan's like big proponent of, I forget what's that thing you like DMT or something he takes yeah. took or does or whatever. Yeah. And like it said, it changes like, just opens his mind to like all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. I don't think I, I definitely. There was a time in my life where I was very weary of anything psychedelic, and as time has gone on, and probably being like you know like a Rogan night or whatever. Yeah, you know, right, I, right. I was thinking about that earlier. Like, there's a base of people who have been largely affected by the philosophies that like have. Uh, that he's brought in, to the table, kind of. He has interesting people. Man. Yeah, and, and and the reality of it is, is yeah, like listening to him and like you know, like I listen to Duncan Trussell a lot, and listening to that has made me feel like it made me ask the question: All right, if it's not going to kill me and not make me addicted, why, like, why not experience something different? What, like, why do I? Is it because I think that my grasp on reality sober is somehow like more sane or something? Like, is that like that's because I mean, that's the only thing that I can think of as to why an experience like that, uh, you know, psychedelic experiences are uh, so. It just seemed like something that, like, I didn't want to lose my mind. Like, you know, like I didn't want to, like, have some sort of trip. And then, like, lose my mind and then just be gone it forever. It seems like <laughs> when he talks about it, he talks about it like it's super impactful. Oh, yeah. You know, it, like, opens your mind to things yeah. that you didn't, you wouldn't have, th- you could never think of normally or whatever, yeah. a, a reality you could never think of normally. That's just, well, like, seems like when he talks about it. Well, I think it's a religious experience for sure. If Whatever that term means, that's yeah. what I would use to describe yeah. a really powerful psychedelic experience. I, you know, I only, I've only had, like, one psychedelic experience, and the way that it happened for me, it wasn't, like, a situation where I was uh, seeing a bunch of crazy stuff. I don't know. I... I see. I was uninformed about it, so I didn't understand things like dosage and things like that. So you know, it was literally like I got like some mushrooms from somebody. It wasn't even that much, you know. And I just like put them in some yogurt and ate them and stuff. <laughs> and um, you know, it wasn't a ridiculously like I don't know. Like there wasn't like visual phenomena really uh, until like I was like looking in the dark, like, and I would like try to like make stuff out of like the kind of geometric patterns and things I would see. But the, the way that it affected my mind was it put me in this place where I couldn't be affected by anything I conceived to be negative. Like I, like I was just like anything that, and it was it was just like me and my wife like my wife she's like you know deathly afraid of that kind of stuff like mm-hmm. she wouldn't do that 
And so she was like, <laughs> she told me later, she was like, yeah, I was like looking stuff up, like to like try to figure out what to do if you like freaked out and was like trying to run <laughs> outside and stuff. And, <laughs> and I was like, I, I appreciate that, you know, <laughs> but like I didn't have that type of a situation. I was just, was, you know, I, there were certain things that just didn't make sense. Like I got naked. I was like, I don't. Uh, yeah, that happens sometimes. I didn't feel like <laughs> I didn't feel like close, like close, like to be in the house with my wife alone. Oh, it just didn't seem like it just didn't make any kind of sense for me to be wearing clothes. It's just like what? Why am I wearing? Like what is this? Like this doesn't even make sense right now. Like I, I'm like I'm. Am I hiding from you or something? Is there someone else that's gonna see? Like. So like she's uh but I remember I did that she's already looking at me like like what are you doing like you know what I mean? <laughs> and then I remember like something happened and I don't know it wasn't it wasn't like a fight or anything but it was just kind of like she was like trying to like uh, kind of bring me back like to her reality and. I was just like kind of stuck in my place, and like she, so I was just like anything that you like. I was just laughing about like a lot of different things, and when I look back on it, I think what the perspective that it kind of enhanced in me is to understand that it is really all perceptual. Like it, anything that's really happening to you can be seen in uh, any kind of way, and if you decide that you want to laugh at the ills of the world. You know, not necessarily act like they're not real and, you know, real things, you know, happening in the world. But if you want to take on a perspective and say, I, I think all this is hilarious, you can do that. Like, you can, you can, you can, you can do that. You can cultivate that type of mind where you're like, anything that comes in and you're just seeing it is... It's all good. <laughs> I, I, mean? <laughs> I think it'd be interesting. Like if they legalize uh, pot in, in every state, right? And they're on the, seems like they're heading towards that. At least there's quite a few it's legalized within now. Right. Yeah. So like if there's studies it's legal done, in Washington, DC, which is something that I still think is one of the most that? funny things ever. The fact is like legal in Washington, oh. DC. Like that's hilarious to me. Well, you know, politicians are there. Yeah, you know, I mean, busted. It's, <laughs> it's just so. It's just like, you know, like this is like where you like, you know, you think like twenty years from now they legalize it, right? And all, they start doing all these studies where people are now like they're testing because legally they can test that kind of stuff. And ten years from now it comes out, oh yeah, we could have cured cancer t- twenty years ago with this, or or. Or like this, people that get seizures and stuff. People are gonna look at it at like this pharmaceutical companies and say, "What the fuck?" I think you it's know? already began. Like, like I think it's already. You could have helped us twenty years ago, but you were too busy making all this money, and you know, and they're gonna hold them responsible. They're just gonna be like, "It is what it is," you know. We've had a blackout on inf- on information about not you know not just like things like weed, but things like. Um, you know, uh, MDMA and, and psilocybin or mushrooms and stuff like we've had like a blackout on that information for like going on like 70, 80 years. Like, yeah. like people really like stopped 
researching these things as if they had no benefit because they had effects that I don't know. Like uh, I think at some at some point in time, people began to think that it is a crime, like that it's bad to be high, well, like that being it. high is in itself a bad thing. Yeah. When in reality, it's just an attempt to get to you know I think uh, uh, a better place so in your mind, alternative you know? reality. Yeah, it's 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 an attempt to shift your perception. I just don't see how anything can even have any semblance of freedom if you you're not even allowed to manage your perceptions and things yeah. like that's you shouldn't be able allowed to tell a person that they're not allowed to do something that might help them like at the very least psychologically. Well, it's like yeah. the NFL and the, the players trying to deal with that pain and and of you know the you know you imagine the the the, the punishment their body takes in a you know during the football season in one week and you know they're just trying to kind of manage that and and the fact that they can get suspended for a year take their livelihood away and say sorry but you know you got you got a positive test for whatever smoking weed. You know, and now they're trying to, you know, get synthetic synthetic drugs where they can't get busted. And who knows what's in that stuff? You know, the fact that that goes on is just I just I, I can't even, you know, amount of mental illness those guys leave the, the, the game with is just uh, is remarkable. And then they, they could have had some kind of pain relief or some kind of relief in general. And we're just like, nah, sorry. If you do it, you're gonna get kicked out for a year. Yeah. And if you get, come back and you do it again and you bust it again, you're gonna get kicked out forever. We're just gonna say, sorry, <laughs> you can't play. You can't be in the football. Nope, not gonna happen. Yeah, you can get strung out on pain pills, and they'll give you a prescription for that for like right. football players, but not like right. something lighter to. They're shooting. They're shooting yeah. them up in the in the. Yeah. in the locker room mm-hmm. so they can play that day yeah you know or so at halftime so they can play the second half but they can't take something that could alleviate their pain in some way i I'll never forget jerome bennis was on an interview and it said now that i don't even have my ears this is so now obviously it's many years later but when he was take, doing this interview he said it takes him an hour and a half to get out of bed every day <laughs> what no lot hour and a half to get out of bed every day. You imagine, like we play. I play basketball, and when I get out of bed, I walk like a ninety-year-old man. But that's okay because yeah. eventually I start like I look like a caveman when I first get out of bed, and and yeah. I'm evolving yeah. as I get to the bathroom. And yeah, I, by the time like, I get huh. to the bathroom, I'm walking straight up. You know what I mean? But <laughs> yeah, it's what it looks like. But I get out of bed and I do that. He literally takes him an hour and a half to get out of bed. And this was like five, six years ago when I heard him say this. So imagine now. Yeah, that's they, wild. that I would love to. That'd be a cool documentary about like just looking at like the extent of pain that happens to a person after like a successful NFL career. Like you, you probably are in so much pain, you know. And, and you know they have to kind of probably keep you drugged up the entire time, yeah. Because it's like that, them, you know, those bumps and bruises and broken, you know, 
bones and stuff like you know that that doesn't just come out of nowhere like there's there's this gradual build up to this time where okay now you're a 50 year old man trying to get out of bed and like you probably need drugs to do that you know they're gonna and they they want to get you like they want to get you like hopped up on stuff and then like later on in your life when you turn into some sort of addict and you're in the street and you got a crazy mug shot they're like, well, what happened? Why, why, it's how like come you're Taylor. on drugs? Like, it's like Lawrence Taylor. Yeah, it's like... The legend. You, Lawrence Taylor is like a meth addict, you know? And they have pictures of him, and they're like, what the, What happened to this guy? Well, I wonder. He was a crazed maniac on the football. Everybody on the football field, everybody praised him like he was a god. And who knows how many, like you said, how many times he took an injection to play that next day. And it was okay as long as he got on the football field. He gets off the football field. Now he's like a civilian, right? So now we got to like, nope, sorry, can't have that meth problem now. That's a big no-no. <laughs> I, the, I didn't think he had like a game where he like played with like a broken like collarbone or, like, or uh, something. Like he had like... He, was it? he broke his like broke collarbone something. in the first half and then came... I'm a big Giants fan, so I love Lawrence Taylor. It, oh, yeah. Oh, you feel... You, okay. you Eagles, Giants. Careful. Oh, careful. Yeah. Tread lightly. Oh, yeah. Tread lightly. But yeah, I've heard crazy stories about him like showing up two games, getting out of a limo with still Coke rings under his nose oh, yeah. with like 10 chicks in the limo with him and he just walks right into the locker room and like None of the Giants owners would say anything to him because, like, he led an outrageous lifestyle, but it wasn't affecting. He was the best defensive player of all time. Yeah. Well, look at the Cowboys. Those, like, all the stories of the Cowboys from the '90s, right? Michael Irvin. Oh yeah. You know the cocaine use mm-hmm. and uh, like uh, <laughs> Michael Irvin has. I always, whenever I see him, I'm like that man is like the most perfect nostrils to snort cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> he was built for this. He's like he's. But like kind of like he was he was the MVP or something yeah. over there. Like, he, remember the one alignment? I think Nate Newton. Okay. I think from the from that from those days. I don't. Remember, I think it was Nate Newton, but I can't remember exactly. But he was busted like year a couple years ago with like some absurd amount of pot in his trunk, and he's in jail. Like I mean, like hundreds of pounds of it. Like he had it stuffed everywhere. Wasn't it, was that Nate? Wasn't it Natron? Who? No, was that, Natron, was that, was that his name? Natron Newton? No, Nate Newton. Oh, who was that? It was dude, Natron something. Natron Means? Yeah, maybe. He yeah. was a running back. Yeah. Played for the Chargers. I don't know why I was thinking Early 2000. Probably because that's an awesome name. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, he was a running back from the Chargers. Just that's like, like a Transformer. Can you imagine his mom's just like, Nate. No. So Nate sad. Tron. Let's add a little Tron to that. <laughs> he... Is a transformer. (laughs) (laughs) But the the amount of, I mean, Junior Seau killed himself because he just couldn't deal with like all that stuff. Uh, And Andre Waters, I don't know, you guys remember remember him? He he committed suicide when he was like forty five because he had dementia. All yeah, the, the had brain CTE. of like an Yeah, yeah. He had the CTE. Had CTE, and they so, didn't even know that back then. Like, they didn't no, even have a well, name. the league knew they it. They didn't have, did they have a name for it then? No, the league yeah, knew they all knew about stuff, it. They knew it was messing people up, but, but I don't they didn't think care. that they really had like a, like, they were saying, hey, this is what happens to people's brains. Like, before that dude, Will Smith, played, like, yeah, named yeah. it. You yeah. know what I mean? Was, I don't know his name. 
the doctor. I want to see that Brett Favre, that Brett Favre documentary. He, uh, I think it was called Shocked, where he was like talking about like. And he's got the fear in his eyes. Yeah, what's the What's He's scared. He's about like what knowing, he's like he's like man. doing his life, like it's like, like going tragic. forward. Yeah, like, his future. Yeah, he, like seeing what's happening. It's like all his real to him. Stuff. That yeah. guy took some shots. Yeah, today. like some major. And I mean, he played how many games in a row? Yeah. Like, you imagine, yeah, you know what I mean. Like, he didn't even imagine the amount of dr- how painkillers he shot. Oh, uh, he, had a huge, he had a huge Somebody problem. Should, yeah, he had a big problem with it. Can you imagine, like, like t- those doctors just like can't give it away like candy? And they just, don't have no ethics. Like, they just they're just like, hey, look, this is our job. We keep these guys on the field. Yeah, and how they'll get fired if they don't. Drugs. They'll get fired yeah, if they anyway, don't. Yeah, anyway. Like, so the pressure is from the top. To yeah, exactly. You think Jerry Jones would be like, listen, you know, I I know you let him slide. He was hurt. You know, it's cool. Just let, you know, don't worry about it. No, Jerry Jones is like, listen, get that guy on the field. I don't give a shit what you got. Yeah. He's like, you need my credit card? You need some cash? I don't care. Whatever you need, get him. You think Michael Irvin in the 90s when they were trying to play for a Super Bowl? You know, that's why you got like, I look, T.O. is like a guy that like, has this like thing about him right everybody thought he was like a a bad dude but man that guy took care of his body on his own i'll never forget they was went to the super bowl dude broke his leg and he was playing in the yeah. super bowl like i don't know how many a month later and hopping like hopping around but like, he like he had like, a but he had a game messed up but he had over 100 yards i yeah. mean he played a crazy game he so, did like, that injured yeah <laughs> like uh, but I think that, that that sometimes kicks in. Like, I know sometimes, like... It's adrenaline. Yeah, you get yeah. hurt, and you get that, like, animal in the corner mentality, yeah. and you're like, uh, like I, I don't even care. I'll, I'll, I'll hop past these dudes. Like. Well, McNabb played with a broken leg against the Cardinals one year, and he broke his leg. Not broke, sorry, fractured his leg in the game. And he played the whole game. And I swear that was probably one of his best. The second half of that game where he was hurt, probably one of his best second halves of his career. Like you get, I think you get ultra focused. Like you tuned in because now there's pain and there's like, it's like seeing your own blood. Like it's like, you know, you see your own blood. Pass out. (laughs) You pass out. Pass out. out. I got, I was playing ball at some church, like, maybe two weeks ago or something and this kid like i don't even know how this happened but like i challenged this jumper and i i don't think he liked how close i was guarding him so like when he came down like he came down like hard on like my head like and it hit like it like glanced my nose and like hit my mouth and like i was like bleeding and stuff and like you know i was i it was sort of a basketball type of thing, so I kind of let it slide, and I was like, hey, you know, there these things happen, but, like, when I saw I was bleeding, like, I, I don't know, like, I just went to a different place then. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, I just, I was like, all right, well, if you, like, are willing to hit me enough to, like, make me bleed, like, I'll really try. <laughs> That's scary. Yeah, like, I'll, I'll <laughs> actually try now, oh. and... You know, it, it, but I don't know. It 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 puts you in that like uh, like a float. You know that flow state where you're like, man, like I I know exactly what I need to do. But yeah, man, it's I don't know. It's I don't know. It's hard to we 
We're far away from what we were talking about. We're far, man. we're far away from where we we <laughs> basketball we're sometimes so does that to us. Yeah, <laughs> but no, we're so far away. Like we talked about To twice. Yeah, we talked about To <laughs> two like, times. Probably the guy that takes the least amount of drugs out of anybody. Yeah, to has that no, dude's not putting anything says. in his body. He doesn't know about. To is not doing nothing, man. <laughs> that guy's a freak of nature. But yeah, man. Uh, what's what's something that. Like, uh, you should kind of talk, maybe you should talk about like, uh, when you were coming out of that and like going through the process of, of withdrawal and like, like that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. you know, like rehab, I guess. And yeah. like how, yeah, you got better. Your rehab, yeah, uh, yeah, mine was unorthodox to yeah. say the least. Um, well, I'm not like a prince of recovery. Like I still drink and like I go out and like do whatever, but I just, don't do heroin or opiates or hard drugs anymore and it's been 16 months now they say it's like a 10 percent success rate from heroin so like 10 people try to quit one will never do it again so i know i'm not like out of the woods or anything but i don't think about it like ever well that's awesome and i yeah, good this for you. is probably the first i've talked about it outside of counseling in like my first couple months of quitting so I'm like I never liked to before, so, but like yeah. this is thank not, you for doing. Yeah, yeah I'm not, definitely. I'm not man. bothered at all by it. Like it's actually like pretty easy, and I'm surprised. But <clears throat> I was like, when my wheel started to fall off, I was like unemployed for like three months and just scheming to do whatever, like ruin things with my family. And I was just like staying with my one friend, and then I have a really close friend, and you you both know him, and uh, he's a nurse. And we were really close in high school and we had just started hanging out again. And like, he doesn't like do drugs or anything Mm -hmm. crazy. And I, for some reason we were like going to hang out and do something. And he's like, how you doing, man? And I was just like, I'm not doing well, like at all. And I like just told him everything. And he literally just like took me and like, let me be in his house. Like I'm still staying with him now. And he like, just let me kick there. Cause like, I didn't have insurance. I couldn't get into any rehab or yep. anything. So yep. when I had to kick, I just had to kick cold turkey. It's like I had nothing. So it that's, was like that's evil. so you did without going to rehab. Yeah, I, I couldn't. I couldn't. That go was to rehab. amazing. I had no money. And had, I, uh, I had no insurance. To, no wow. one would take me. Like, dude, you must have amazing get, willpower. I couldn't get into anything. Well, I had good people around me who cared. I cut everybody off, and I just like good had a you. safe place to buckle down for like a month and not worry about anything. Like, and just. Cause like, yeah, I was very fortunate to have people who cared about wow. me, but yeah, like when you go to rehab, there's like this drug called Suboxone and like, that's what they'll give you to kick and they'll like gradually wean you off of it. Now the more common trend is they'll prescribe you that for your entire life. Yeah. So like if I would have went to rehab, they probably would have stuck me doing that. And I'm telling you, if I had any drug to make me not feel how I felt when I was kicking, I would have taken it in an instant, but like I didn't have access to that. So I just had to deal with it. But I now looking back, I'm extremely fortunate that I didn't have access to one of those drugs because I'd still like I would have exchanged a dope dealer for a doctor, write me a script for subs, if that makes sense. And like, I'm just I'm really happy that I didn't have that option because I would have jumped at it like come like day one or two, like when it where the knit meets the grit, when you're like really in the thick of it. Yeah, I would have done anything to not feel like I felt but. So that, that other drug that they give you, so you don't, does that help with the withdrawal? Yeah, it's pretty much, okay. you're, you don't, I mean, I've seen people like nod out on it too. Like you can abuse any drug. Like, yeah, yeah. And like, I'm just, I'm happy that I'm not on it. I think it is a good thing for people who are incapable of mentally not having mm-hmm. something to keep them from doing it. 
Because, like, if you take a sub and then you shoot dope, it, like, is blocking that receptor. So, like, you're not going to get high on it. So, it's yeah. kind of, like, a precautionary thing. And it takes away, like, your symptoms of, like, withdrawal. But, like, if you get off those, you're going to withdraw from them then. So, it's just, like, exchanging one thing for another. So, I'm really happy I didn't do that. But I just had good people to help me out and, like, let me work through some things on my own. And kind of, like, better that I didn't get a chance or an opportunity to go to a rehab. Like, because of, like, all the places around it were, like if you want help, just reach out and ask for help. Like I was screaming for help yeah. and yeah, I couldn't get anything like it. And I'm just like, was so lucky that I had a friend who like knew what it was hitting for and like cared enough to like, give me a chance to get my shit together. Basically. That's amazing. So, but that's yeah, I, I didn't get to go to rehab. So like coming off a seven year run of, that's just heroin, but I've been getting high as like, like we said, like from a young age, Yeah. but just to never stop and then quitting without having it was like, a really humbling and powerful experience to go through because wow. it was not fun. Everyone's always like, when you talk with like other addicts, they're like, Oh, we're going to quit. And like some people even have like two or three subs and they'll be like, these will make me quit. Cause like, that's basically what you're, you're paying thousand dollars. So a day sub to is the, the thing, the that... thing that they give you to like kick. Okay. So it's like either in a pill or a strip, like a Listerine strip type of thing that you put under your tongue. Okay. But like three of those, you could probably kick heroin if you have strong willpower. Uh, if you are like, I'm never going to talk to these people again. I need three days to take these and then I can, the withdrawals won't be as terrible. Hmm. But like I said, I didn't get to have any of those. So it was like absolute hell. But I'm, I kind of think it's an even better thing because I, not only do I not want to be the person I was when I was shooting dope, I never want to go through that feeling ever again of the withdrawal. That so, kind of makes sense, so like though. having that smack you in the face and be like the hardest thing. It's like, okay, I'm cool with never experiencing anything like this ever again. That makes sense, though, to me. Because, like, you come, if you can come out on the other side and you realize how bad it was to go through that, mm-hmm. like, the idea of not uh, ever, it's almost motivating, you know? Yeah, sure. This, yeah, and, like, I'm not aware of, like, I know people are dying all the time, but, like, I said about the whole one out of ten thing, like, that's really inspiring as well. Like, yeah. Just to try that's to crazy. like, like that's say, a crazy stick number. it to that statistic. It like, is. God, that's crazy. Yeah, that's yeah, a crazy number. Because how what... many addicts are, how many heroin addicts are in the country? You know, so one out of 10 of those has a chance, is what they're saying. Yeah. That's like, that's... yeah, it's an astronomical amount. Uh, that's an astronomical amount of people who don't have a chance. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's kind of sad. Yeah, like, that's a lot of people. They're talking about 90% of the people don't have a chance. That's wild. That's that's, and I think realistically, what that, what that should communicate to people is that we have to, like, as a society, we have to be way more educated about it. Because I think, from the standpoint of the addict, I think by overdose, you know, that might really be a matter of lack of education. Like, you might really like, you know, shoot some stuff. You didn't know what it was. And as opposed to, I, you know, I know how they say, like, overseas, there's some places that shoot people up with heroin, you know. And they have safe the injection yeah, zones. They, they have them in America, too. Oh, do they? Oh, really? Some places, I didn't yeah. know that. Some places. But that's... And not say... It's not to say that... Um, I don't know if that makes it better... I don't know. Heroin is, is 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 an interesting drug because it's a boogie monster drug. It's like this drug is Dude. the worst thing that's ever happened, and it's like, well, what if we just 
we're just not careful. Like, what if we're just uneducated people trying to use something? Or is there something to say that maybe like part of it too is like, okay, this is like, this is, it's, it's like the the motorcycle boyfriend, right? You don't, you don't want your daughter to have that motorcycle boyfriend because, but she wants you to have, she wants him because he has, you know, it's going to like make your dad angry or whatever. Like that kind of syndrome where like heroin is like that. Like it's the cool, it's the weird. Yeah, you tell me it's the worst. I want to yeah. see why it's the worst. Like that kind of effect. Like you I know, bet it won't kill me. I, 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 I'm sure. Like that probably has something to do with it. You yeah. know, I mean, I don't know, but I would, I would no, think I that's that part sure. of it. Yeah, you know. There's so like, there's country to it. Yeah, like there's a lore to it. Yeah. Like when I was growing up, like I, I didn't hear anybody. You know, really the kids who I was hanging out with, like people didn't really start even doing this until after the pill thing. Like the mm-hmm. pill thing is in his like when people look back at this time in history, I think they're gonna see that's the real how blatant drug. Yeah. a thing that was that a whole bunch of people got hooked on prescription medicines and then it dried up and they needed something else that was cheaper and then they went and people you know it created i believe a new heroin epidemic oh yeah that's always how i've seen it from my perspective it's always been that this was actually something that was kind of uh, created out of like the greed of pharmaceutical companies yeah not being you know really upright with people about like the well, dangers of the things that they were. I think it's people. sometimes you cr- you you want to create a problem so you can now create a solution. Yeah, you that's know? The, and know, then that's not the only can you create truth. a solution, you can charge for that solution yeah. because those, like you said, how, you tried to get in the rehab, right, mm-hmm. and you couldn't because yeah. why? You didn't have health insurance yeah. because it costs some astronomical amount of money. Dollars a day. Thousand dollars a day. A thousand dollars a day to, to and charge someone in need. And I guarantee you, if we looked in the map, the, the geography of the country, how many there freak, how many freaking rehabs there are. You know, there's, there's, they just built a new one here in Ephrata. You know, it's awesome. only been there like a year. Remember, was the, I remember the Akron restaurant? Yeah, you know yeah, that that's, that yeah, was sat there street. empty for how long, and then they put a rehab there. Yeah, you know, even know like it was weird that that even like went up like i was like like it went up pretty quick and then i was like wait there's like people there like it was yeah it's like man it's that it's that easy i guess of a business and that's really the part that what's that, sick is it's the there's non-profit. a business there's a business behind <laughs> that's, that's a non-profit that's non-profit it's non-profit how disturbing is that yeah, so they're not paying taxes that's pretty wild. Yeah, it's, it's a great hustle. Uh, that's what I mean. Like to me, it's it's like war. Every good war needs a boogeyman. And it doesn't every even... good, every good, whatever a person comes up with a business idea, they need a problem solved. So they create a problem and they create the solution. And it and the, the thing about it is, it doesn't even seem to work. No, like no. like. Uh, how many people I don't even know how many people are like yeah yeah you know I've been in and out a couple of times over the last few years and it's like it doesn't <coughs> like it doesn't really like not to say that it has no validity and no. who knows because in reality I imagine things vary from place to place 
But at the same time, that is a very easily like manipulate like you can manipulate that and really create a situation where you're really just bringing people in, trying to give them some pep talks and stuff, and trying to get them to kick. What? And then sending them out just for them to come back. How much do you think the drug costs that you take so you don't take heroin? I mean, yeah, the they say created yeah. it, but they, there's another one too. I think, right? They do this thing called Vivitrol. It's like a shot that you uh, get, okay. and that like blocks. The, it's like a I forget if it's like once every couple months or once a year. I'm not sure. I was um, watching this, news. but it blocks that receptor, so you can't get high. I was watching hmm. this video, and they were they were there was these people that had heroin problem, and they were they were doing this test or they would like, what's that thing where they like, they put you in like, uh, I don't know what that's called where before a, a drug is, is legalized. They have like what test runs or whatever like trial period trial. Period. Period. Like they were paying these people a thousand dollars. They would put something in your gut, like surgically that wouldn't allow you to like same thing. Like wouldn't like you wouldn't get high or nothing. And this one dude literally, he, he went in and got the he did the trial run three times. He had three of them in his gut, like he was just so he could get money to go get high again. Yeah, like he left right away, and just went That's to get high. Rough man. But they're paying them, like yeah. the, the the pharmaceutical companies are paying him to do this, and he got it in three times, and they knew he was in there. They still paid him, like. What what are we doing? Man, what are they doing? They're doing whatever the hell they want because they, they got lobbyists. Listen, they got people working for <laughs> of them. Course. They, yeah, look, I know one thing that that's always interested me was like what what how do you describe this the the feeling of like the rush of. You know, injecting it and like the feeling that goes through your body, like what, like where does it take your mind? Like, is that, is that, is that feeling what causes the addiction, or is it more the physical? Uh, you know, it's probably the absence of feeling, like emotional feeling, at least. Like physically, you can feel it go from your arm to every corner of your body, like a warm blanket going over you. But that's not even the best part is, like I said, about how it just takes over your mind. Like, you aren't worried about anything. Like, all the problems, and eventually it's just the problem of getting the drug, but all of that melts away and you don't worry about anything. How like, long does all. that, like, that feeling of, like, not, of like, joy. nothing mattering? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. How long does that, how long does that really go for, usually? Uh, so, like, matter the, on the potency? Like, yeah. Yeah. Because, like, I mean, everyone's always trying to nod out. Like, you're always trying to fall asleep, basically, sitting upright. Or, like, that's the goal. Like, oh, yeah, when you man. walk by and you see people staggering, you're like, oh, man, that's terrible. But, like, that's where he wants to be at. That's that's the goal right there. Like, I that's, grew, what, that's yeah. what I'm trying to look like. like yeah, it's, I, it's, I grew up around a lot of people nodding out. Just... It's terrible, but that's what you're chasing, like, on it. Like, that feeling where, like, everything just melts away and you're just kind of there. And, like, looking back, it's so stupid and terrible, but that feeling of Oosh, not having any worry there. or anything like that it's pretty it was pretty lovely I'd to say, not worry about things but obviously terrible but that's what it does it takes all the problems away and you just feel great why does it seem to affect young people so much like I, maybe I, maybe it's a bad observation but it seems like when i hear somebody talk about somebody that's you know or somebody says i started drugs always starts at like that 
teenage years or something. Like I have not met very few people that like uh, know somebody or themselves or been like, well, I started when I was like 35, you know, like why, what, what is that? It's about that age. You were just immature. I don't know. Like we're not. And it's like, you're, you're in school and it's just about social starts as like a socializing thing. I don't know. I don't, I don't, it's what I'm like. You could do a survey of, you know, former drug, current drug addicts and like what age they started. What would be the typical age range? I would guess it would be teenage. Yeah. I would say your early teens for sure. Like most people. That's what I'm like. What, why, why is that group? I guess maybe just immaturity. I don't know. Well, yeah, I mean, I think what happens is, is you're at, you find yourself at a time in life where you're very unsure of the world yeah. and you're a teenager. So you're not a child, but you're not a grown up and adult adults really like aren't straightforward necessarily with, with teenagers. Like they, there's still certain things that they're trying to shield them from yeah. to keep them a particular thing. I never really thought about the fact that like a teenager is something that really hasn't always existed. Like there was a time where like a teenager was like a grown person, like, cause he got, he stopped work. You know, he stopped going to school when he was like in fourth grade or yeah, something. And yeah. he's been working in some farm or something like, you yeah. know, since he was a kid kind of. So like, uh, the concept of a teenager, like this person who goes to school and like ideally their parents buy them a car and stuff like that. Like that, that's a very like recent situation. So in that, it, it's kind of like um, being a teenager is kind of like extended childhood. Like it's like, you know, they give you this area of time to kind of uh, what I, I think socially it's important because. Um, I think if <laughs> if a kid could see like that, like, hey, like, uh, my life is just gonna become shitty like the rest of these people. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you, you just yeah. go in there with no cushion. You'd be like, I'm not even dealing with that. Like, that's you know. So you kind of need this 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 soft time to have fun so that you can have these fond memories. Maybe it's curiosity too. Maybe think, we're very yeah. curious at that age. I well, guess. Yeah. I think the curiosity is there, and you know, there's all these right elements for exploration. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and I think at the end of the day, like with drugs, from a certain standpoint, it is an exploration. It's an exploration into your limits, into um, your 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 perceptions of reality and things. Like it's just, you know, for older people, like I, I imagine, like for a, a person to pick up, you know, doing, you know, some sort of like, who knows, even heroin like addiction or something at like sixty or something. Like I feel like you've kind of like gone through enough life, maybe, to. To, to kind of be like, all right, like, I don't, I'm, I'm past that. Yeah, I'm yeah. past that. But, but I, I don't know. I mean, I imagine at the same time, older people are susceptible. Like, I, I, I guess realistically, all it takes is, you know, one time to get hooked on. Were most of the people who you would encounter, were they people who were in your age range or were they people who, like, kind of. It was a very eclectic group of people that you meet through, <laughs> yeah, through I, that world. Like, holy hell, like, people, like, riding around with, like, 
women my mother's age. Yeah, yeah, stuff like, like that. Crazy stuff, like. But like, how like how, were they like addicts for like yeah, thirty years? I know a woman who's been an addict since she was like probably twenty. So she's got like thirty some years in like shooting heroin and shooting coke, smoking crack. Shooting heroin for thirty years. I can't even like fathom that life. How you shoot heroin for my whole life? Like, like how do you like some uh, like function and be able to pay for that? Like, do it, but like I don't know. It's just crazy. But there's a lot of people like that who have somehow managed to stick it out and not give up yet or not admit that they have a real issue, but. When it gets to that point, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I, I have no idea what's going through their head to be still running like that. Like that's a whole different ball game. Like people who do that, who have like kids and shit. Like I, I have no idea how you could manage to do that. Did yeah. you ever notice like now that you're clean, like any like health, like lingering health issues from it? Not really. No. No, I don't think so. I mean, the worst is just your arms and stuff, but that goes away fairly quickly yeah i mean i'm sure the damage in my head is irreversible and always right. going to be there but physically i'm fine yeah. yeah but you could probably recover from that though oh yeah over time yeah i think like brain you know not football brain trauma but other kind of brain trauma sometimes you can recover from maybe kind of like the lungs when you stop smoking yeah you, you yeah. start recovering right away yeah, but like in like recovery groups and stuff, they like always try to like scare you and like slam it down your throat that like you're you're gonna think about it every single day. This is gonna be a lifelong battle that you're gonna have to like think about and talk to your friends about. And like as soon as I heard that, I was like, I like had a shitty period in my life. I don't want to think about that shitty period of my life every single day, like for a designated amount of time, in order to not be in that period of my life again like yeah. that concept doesn't make sense it to doesn't me. make any kind like, of sense i don't want to be around people who do hair used to do heroin yeah. all the time and i don't personally want to talk about the worst times in my life every day or yeah. ever again for that matter seems yeah. like all the strat <laughs> this, this is not yeah. like the I want strategies be... we use are all similar like yeah. it doesn't feel like there's a lot of out-of-the-box thinking and yeah. maybe it's because i'm not around that but like there's nobody that just is like okay well we're doing this completely different mm -hmm. this is how we should do it you know yeah. i don't know like i know over in countries in europe they don't they don't even they uh, drugs are legalized like every drug yeah. you know and they seem to be having more and they're more concentrated on spending money on um you know not rehabs but uh like counseling and that kind of stuff you know they're not like turning it into a business yeah. you know and maybe counseling is uh, so you did you you do counseling yeah, I had to i well what really shaped me up is getting well it was a domino of a lot of things but i caught a dui and I had a bunch of drugs in my system. Mm -hmm. So it was court ordered that I had to do counseling. Okay. But when I went for my evaluation, I didn't lie. So like when they give you that all that questionnaire of like what drugs you do, like uh -huh. when you started doing them, your amount or whatever, I, I answered honestly. Like if I would have lied to this guy, I could have got out and doing like one day of counseling like a week. But I told the truth and I had to go like five days a week for like three months or something. Oh, like really? Outpatient, like going and showing up like or whatever. But I'm glad that I did it because... I know some people don't respond well to it, and I didn't think I would either, because, like, I was a psychology major in college. Like, mm -hmm. I know it's kind of just a mind game with, like, for most things, but I really did enjoy talking to people about, like, certain things. Not necessarily people who share my experiences, but, like, I guess I was just fortunate that I had, like, counselors and stuff who I could actually relate to. Like, I enjoyed being around them. Well, I'm sure it's like any other job. Some people probably care more 
Yeah. You know, and when you get to that and person that, like, that cares more. You always have to like, and I always reminded people like when I'd run into people who were like waiting for their appointment, they'd be like, oh, this is such bullshit. And I'm like, just like take it for what it is. Like she doesn't want to be talking to you either. Like yeah. no matter how you look yeah, at it. Like, that's the truth. like she probably loves helping people too, but like she probably has like so many terrible mean people who don't want to be there or mean to her. Can you imagine like, the just stories they've heard? Just make it not that heard? terrible on each of you. Yeah. Like, yeah, like this the... experience doesn't have to be terrible. So like, let's just make the best of it. <sighs> Like, at the end of mine, like, my counselor and I were really cool. We wouldn't even talk about drugs. She's like, what do you want to talk about? Like, we talked about love and, like, just strange things. And, like, we taught each other stuff. Like, just had, like, a conversation. Like, if more people approach recovery to that and, like, trying to, like, I don't know. Like, I don't need to be reminded of the shitty things that I did or my shortcomings. Like, because trust me, I will never, ever, ever forget them. Like, and I do think of them constantly. I just don't need to be expressing that to people every single day or, like, going to meetings in order for me to be okay. Like, I really feel like I'm doing okay. Like, I know I have things I need to avoid and worry about, but I think I'm doing okay. So you're, it's been 16 months, right? Mm-hmm. Like, are you thinking of the future now? Like, what you wanted, like, yeah. you know? Things so are starting you, to become, after like a year, things started to become like a lot easier to manage. You want to go back to school and finish yeah. school? Yeah. Like, yeah. I got a full-time job after, like in my first month of getting clean, I got was able to get clean for a month. Mm-hmm. Then I had to go to jail for three days for my DUI, mm-hmm. and then I came out and started working full time job. And like, okay. so since that's been going on, it's just been a slow thing of just getting back into the routine of being mm-hmm. a human being, like yeah. waking up, going to work, being okay with going to work, like even if it's just a game to play, like playing the game and learning how to do that again. Yeah, and then trying to work like getting active back into that. It's just like. Cause like before I started playing with you guys, I hadn't touched the basketball in ten years. Like I've really? been basketball since I was eighteen, like in high school. Huh. So it's been interesting to try to get back into like anything athletic and just remembering what it's like to like have a routine or some resemblance of a routine. Mm-hmm. Like it sounds so basic to you, but it's like learning yeah. how to live it all over again. Like, oh, I think. Uh, but it's think happening faster than I thought it would. Exercising is good. Like mm-hmm. it makes you feel better. Yeah. Yeah, seems a like a, like exercising for people like with depression and stuff. It oh, seems yeah, it like it helps a lot. Exercise know. is you know it's a great thing to kind of promote like self love, you know, yeah. for yourself because it's like even in that moment sometimes you're like it's uncomfortable and you're like, ah, should I really be <laughs> running around here? Like I could, I could go rest myself, you know. But you know, being able to get out and 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 you know really just uh work it's it's self-work that's what it is and i think with a lot of people who i've seen who've dealt with addiction a lot of them just seem to feel like they got to a point where they didn't like themselves so much that they lost themselves to like the drug because they just like they, they have been like yeah, I just don't care like I don't like I I don't really there was there was well some there's this kind of undercurrent of that you almost don't really want to be alive I don't know it it, it it varies with people but um probably varies depending on what life experience they had exactly and why you know some people have drug issues because of terrible things, things happened in their life you know? and that's, some that's, people don't you know it just you know, depends on the person yeah you know but there's certain people who i've seen in my life who who just kind of like you know i'm 
I'm not really, I don't really, like, I don't want to outrightly kill myself, but I might put myself in those waters. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'll try to, like, I'll, I'll flirt around with it and be like, hey, Death, you want to come over? You know, like, you know, but, like, like I said, it's, it, it varies from person to person, but at the same time, I think a cultivation of love for yourself has to be at the forefront of a successful like uh, um, recovery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah if you can't love yourself, right? You, what's the point? You know, yeah, you know. And that's you know those are those. Are I don't things. think that has anything. That's just in general. I think I think realistically, from a societal standpoint, like it's hard for a person in general to love themselves. So that's yeah. why I, I it makes sense to me that people battle addiction um, prevalently because it's hard to love yourself when you look around and see all of the reminders of the things of like your failure yep. and your you know you, you're comparing yourself to other people and you're you know there's people who think you should be things that you 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 know you can maybe never even be. Yeah, you know, so there's all these pressures of life, and for something like heroin or anything that could 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 kind of a give a you know that could erase that kind of uh, feeling of just like kind of like desolation and like hate for yourself. <laughs> well, I mean, just when you're you live in a society that. You know, is constantly arguing and bickering with each other, and how do you turn the other cheek? And how do you sit there and think to yourself of a sense of self worth? You know, like you just go to the store and you get, you know, you're driving and somebody gets pissed off at you. You know, yeah. it's just so simple. It seems like nowadays, and and you know, it's kind of the current situation we have. People are so divided. And it's and it just turns into into anger amongst ourselves when we should have anger pointed different direction. Anger can be a bad thing, but it also can be a good thing. Yeah, you, can you know, use you anger. Get, it depends how you use it. But the self worth, I gotta believe that's like a big part of the drugs, right? Like it's oh, yeah. you have no like self worth to yourself. To, yeah, you have to get to such a point where you're like, all right. This drug means more than my life. Yeah, like especially with that like, stuff. When you realize that the next time you do it, you could very yeah, well die. That's the and real be part. okay with that. Like, I'm right, still planning the it. next time to do it, even before that shot. That like, I'm just gonna keep doing this. What is it that's like? Crazy. It's what is it, I can't even fathom that yeah, thought. What is, like, what is it like to come to that like to that to that realization numerous times in a day? But that's like you're like, normal. Right, this might be the last one. Like, uh, like. I hope it's, it's a good one. You hope it's a good yeah. one, and that you ride out in a a, a sensation of good feelings. Yeah. Like that's that's the hope. Yeah, that's crazy. It's pretty. That's a pretty wild. Uh, like it's how, wild that a drug can do that to a person. Can how, make you be like, ah, oh, it doesn't really matter if you die right here. You know. Do you think there's a way to like you're never going to end drug use or whatever? Nothing. nothing but yeah. is there a way to maybe? Sl- I don't know, slow it down or, or is there just, you know, obviously from your side of it, to me, I look at it. I don't even know how you even accomplish that, but yeah. is there a way to, you know, to help young kids, I guess, 
from like falling into that trap you yeah. know well i think like just the nature of how it is these days is going to do a lot for like the kids growing up because you said when you were growing up in high school like people were doing heroin but like I have had so many friends at college and around here die really that don't exist anymore. Like the families like have lost mothers, sons, like brothers, sisters, everything. And like that wasn't a thing to me when I was in high school. Like it wasn't like That's oh my true. friend's sister just OD'd and died. Like yeah. now when I hear that I'm like, yeah. Oh, another one shit. Yeah. But like back in the day that well, I'm sure people were dying, but not like people that we knew. Like now it's in our communities, like it's everywhere. Like everyone knows yeah. someone, at least one person who overdosed. Like I know like three or four who overdosed this month already. Really? Not I, died, but like a couple, like I our honestly, friend died. Like it's just crazy. Yeah. Like he was telling me that his friend died and like that was the first, like, I don't know a lot of people though. Like I don't, you know. I, I understand that. Like, yeah. but still I, within your life, you still know people who suffered from addiction. Suffer, yes. Yeah, that's what I mean. Just like in your extensive that, network of people, I'm yes, sure you absolutely. know someone who's I had a good you. friend. I had a friend in high school and. He had a problem, and I could tell when he was had was on drugs and when he wasn't, you mm-hmm. know. And just by the, I you I couldn't even you wouldn't even have to tell me, I wouldn't even have to look at him. Just tell me out who he's hanging out with, yeah. you know. And like I knew, you know, okay, well he's gonna, you know, he was in rehab a couple times when we were in high school, you know. And I mean, I don't really talk to him anymore, but who knows, you yeah. know? I know he's still, you know, still alive, and I think he's clean now, but. Yeah. I mean, he's like there's guys that like, that I knew in high school that I don't think any of them died, but I knew they had problems with like more than just you know weed and stuff. Not that weed is really a problem, but the harder stuff like where he had problem with heroin, and he had one guy had uh, I don't know what it was. I think it was coke or something. But yeah. you knew, you know. Thankfully, I've never been you know affected to somebody close in our family or anything, you know. But. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not necessarily true, but n- not somebody overdosing. Somebody using drugs, absolutely. Yeah. Not overdosing, though. No. But yeah, as far as, like, preventing things, I think education's a huge thing. Because, mm-hmm. like, we're all taught to fear it, but, like, why do you fear it? Why do we yeah. not want to touch it? But that's, going back to, like, the people dying, like, that's gonna, like, just be an unspoken lesson to everybody. It's like, he died, or she died. It's like, oh, okay, like you see like the emptiness in their family or whatever like that that would have been like i didn't experience that but that probably would have made me think twice about it if i had yeah, as many crazy. deaths that are around me now and all of us now like yeah. when i was growing up like yeah i might have had a little more aversion to it than i did i can't i don't know i think the way we definitely the way we educate is has to be changed it has to t- i don't know fear is not not a, is never going to you're never going to fear people into not doing something mm-hmm. It's not going to work, I don't yeah. think. And I actually, think we have to change that. Yeah, because a lot of people... I was watching this this Will Smith uh, thing where he was he took his family on vacation. And it was like the first time his kids ever went like scuba diving and stuff like that. And they walked up a volcano. They're, he has a really cool life. Yeah. <laughs> he's As he's gotten older, it yeah. seems like his, he's become more in tune with himself. Yeah, and like, yeah. He just he, is yeah. like... He gets it. And he says, and he says that at the end, like when he's on the boat, and he was, and because his kids were talking about like how they they were scared at first when they were like underneath there, and then like they gradually got into the moment, and he would just use that opportunity to kind of point out to his kids, like, look, fear kills life. It's a double edged sword. Yeah, because it's like. 
you may fear, uh, you know, something like heroin, but that may also fuel you from the standpoint of uh, you might view it as something to conquer. You might view it as something like, oh, well, I'm not going to let it beat me. Like, I'll let it beat that dude. Like, so, like you said, like, education, I think, is going to become more and more important for the reality of you, we're not going to ever get rid of addiction. Yeah, right. There's always going to be somebody addicted to something. But does that mean that you know? Does that mean that as a society that we uh, provide less for them to to get help? We you know, as a society, you know, those people have to matter. And a lot of people, you know, they view addicts as kind of like throwaway people. They're like, um, like yeah, like I don't understand why you would ever want to do that, and you you know. You, you know, your life somehow means less because you've gotten into like the clutches of an addiction. I think, from a societal standpoint, people are gonna have to have more compassion and love for people who've unfortunately fallen into it. It's not to say that the people themselves, the the addicts themselves, don't have to do what they need to do to to make a change. But at the same time, we have to create an environment for them to 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 be better equipped. Well, I think you have to you have to start with the system that we have of the pharmaceutical companies. That's big. That's a huge problem, and they're looking at addicts as prices on their heads. You know, we have to change that system where there's actual help, not just an idea of help. Right? Yeah. There's not just a a thought of help. It's not that okay. Well. We can make money off of, quote unquote, helping somebody. No, we have to change that attitude. So we have to find a way. I, I, I mean, what's what's the 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 theory on helping a drug addict? Has has that changed in the last 30 years? Like the system? You know what I mean? Like, are we you doing the same thing we did 20 years ago? Or is there somebody that says, do we have a different way of doing it? You know, you can't you can't be stuck in one place. There's there's going to be. A lot of different ways to do different things, but if we're not looking for it, that does nothing's ever going to change. Yeah, you know, and I think that's like why some of these countries said, you know, we just legalize it. Hmm. We've been doing it this way, and this isn't working. <laughs> you know, to legalize it will make people be educated. Yeah, like it, it forces you to be because now dealing, you're not dealing with those things in dark shadows. And yeah. You're dealing with them out in the light, and people can be educated as to how they can uh, successfully use it to alter their uh, their state. You know, like I said, I, I'll never say that people shouldn't be allowed to alter their states of mind because the altering of states is something that I think all living things live for. You know, when they talk about uh, I remember hearing somebody say that, like, um, if you follow certain wild animals around, you can see that actually they're trying to alter their states with what they ingest. Like, they'll eat something that might get them high or might get them kind of energized and stuff like that. Uh, like, jaguars, I remember hearing were, like, notorious for, like, eating something that, like, put them in a different state of mind. And, hmm. 
the you know it's uh, the one thing I heard about um they said with dolphins that dolphins will bite what's the name of puffer fish is that the one with the poison or whatever that the yeah yeah and they'll bite them a little bit so that they like excrete their stuff their Mm -hmm. poison stuff. And then a bunch of them will come around in the cloud and like go through it and getting high off of it. Really? Yeah. Huh. So it's like, uh, it's almost kind of like, it's the more intelligent you are, the more you have an understanding that you can alter your state of mind. And, you know, them being pretty intelligent animals. I almost think we can have a, a great, under, uh, learn a lot from animals' behavior. Because they have no preconceived notions of how things are. They just live. You know? Yeah, they learn certain things, but they go out in the wild. They're just living. They're just living life. They're not worried about, you know, you know, there's no president or or regulations telling them what to do. They're, you know, they're just in the free, they're just out in the wild doing their thing, you know? I think anybody who feels trapped in their position in life. You become kind of infatuated with birds. Ideally, like that's the kind of freedom you would like. Yeah. You would like the freedom to just be like, you know, I'm not, I'm not even staying around. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just I'm out. out. I'm just, I'm gone. Does, I'm yeah. literally gonna fly until I can't fly anymore, and then I'm just gonna sit on a tree somewhere. To like and look around and see what. All right, but yeah, you know, when you feel trapped in in, in a certain place in life, uh, I think. You look to animals to kind of show you the way because people like won't show you. <laughs> like you'll be like, all right, I'll just be doing what this other guy's doing, and you're like, that doesn't really lead to any more freedom in life. So the the freest thing that I ever see any day is is birds. You know, they they eat when they want to eat. They make their nests, and you know, they live their lives without seemingly any control from any other source but themselves they're just like all right we're... all i have to worry about is eating and drinking yeah we have you know? a lot of things to <laughs> I mean... worry about and as long as we have things to worry about we'll always have addiction yeah like because we ultimately it's just us it's just us trying to numb ourselves from the reality of normalcy of everyday life because it's just not it's not a natural thing and we know it. <laughs> we 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 know that our lives are full of things that are kind of like these like unnaturally created things that make us like hung up on stuff like oh like I don't have enough money. I don't. My car sucks. Like you know, there's all these negative thoughts to have of things that are like not even, I guess, real. Like they're just not real things, but. If you give them reality, um, they start to weigh on your self-worth. And when you uh, realize that you're not where you want to be in life, I think it's easy to become addicted to, you know, a large variety of things. I mean, there's that we've been talking about the extreme, like the far extreme of addiction, but there's the addictions that we deal with, you know, uh, on an everyday basis with things that phones. 
Yeah, you know, oh, just, yeah. just all kind of like, social media. I think I think people. every person has a, a addictive some form of addiction. You know, maybe it's just at a different scale, right? You know, some people are just addicted to a phone, which isn't a good thing either. But it's not, you know, physically harming. Maybe I guess you know it might be physically harming you though. That's the thing. Well, like, yeah, well, you might be having this thing sit on you. We're but not... it's different than having a heroin addiction. That, oh, it's, it's that's not what that. I mean. It's like that, on the but... scale of addiction, that's less. You know, yeah. but I think we all kind of have some that part of our personality that where it's on different forms or different levels that we have something that we're addicted to. I had a Turkey Hill iced tea addiction That's one what time. I'm saying. <laughs> I had I had that I had the same tea addiction. I had a tea addiction. It was there was I was shaking and stuff when now, I didn't have it. Now I have sparkling ice water addiction. Yeah. That's what I have now. Yeah, that's a, that's that's the that's the iced tea suboxone. That's 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 because that, that's why I made my wife buy yeah. eight eight twelve packs and yeah. go out of the store and have me looking at her like a, she's a weirdo. Stock up. <laughs> she bought the last eight packs. She doesn't understand. She's buying yeah. something to subvert a addiction to iced tea. Yeah, but so. um. Yeah, I mean, cut one more question. Oh, oh, one more question. Go ahead. So now that you're you you're out, you're cleaned up, and you like feel like you're moving, into, looking forward to the future. Like, is something like addiction counseling or something like? And not since you had you went for yeah. psychology, right? Yeah. So like, kind of coming from that perspective, yeah. almost be like a, you'd be good at it, right? Yeah. You, you understand it. You have the college background for it. Yeah, I'm sure. I, I mean, that would be something to decide once I'm done with school and everything. Yeah. But when I was in school, I was really interested in, like, it's morbid, but I took a lot of death and dying in the psychology of that classes. Uh-huh. And I was really interested in doing some form of grief counseling. Okay. But, like, now that I went through all this yeah. post that, I mean, I mean, it's, it's like one of those things where when you come from a different from that journey, you could like seems like you'd be able to help a lot of people. Yeah, and that's know? what a lot of people are telling me, too, because like and like I said, this is pretty much the first time I've ever spoken to it. And like, yeah, I know you guys, but I don't know you that well. And I don't well, I, I don't tell my friends any of the stuff I've told you tonight, pretty much. So thank it's you. nice to talk about. Yeah. It really is. And yeah, I'd like to. Now that I'm getting like out of the more thick of things, I would probably it'd be beneficial for me to probably talk about it with kids who were struggling and also try to help them out as well. So, Teenagers, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I've been there, and I mean, they're not going to tell me anything that I haven't already did or had a friend do. So I think the people that help the most in situations like this sometimes are people that the people that are most effective are people that have lived through this, yeah, or lived through the journey of this, whatever it is, you know. Yeah, Unfor- you know, but been through it and came out on the other side and, and now are in a good place and understand it. Like, I can't. What am I going to tell a 14 year old? I've never done drugs. Yeah. I, I don't <laughs> I could go be a counselor, you know, but I don't know what I'm talking. Yeah. What am I going to do? Yeah, I'm definitely open to pretty much anything. And I thought that I wouldn't like to do that. But now that the epidemic is what it is, I yeah. should probably try and do my part and pass on whatever. Like, cause I didn't do it how most people would probably want you to, but it's been working thus far. So I might as well try and help. You never know. Maybe you have, you know, I'm sure everybody heals in different ways and everybody probably could kick the habit in a different way that, 
putting everybody on another drug to not stop taking a drug. I just logically in my head yeah. can't. It, it might work for some, but yeah. those people are going to be taking drugs for the rest of their life. You're going to tell me they're going to take a drug for the rest of their life and that's going to be okay for their body and their mental state and all that stuff? I just don't see how that is the answer. Yeah. You know, so. I don't know. That I was mean, kind of my last. <laughs> no, I'm glad. I'm 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 glad you asked that question. No, I am too. I um, think I think you probably that'd probably be awesome. Probably be th- this is like for me and him. I tell him it's like therapy. So yeah. it's like the talking about stuff. Yeah. Like we're not talking about like addiction, person, like, but like, you know, every, anything we talk about during the week is kind of like therapeutic. You yeah, know, just able to get anything that's been like stirring in your mind or yeah, your heart that you want to talk absolutely. about. It's a good outlet for sure. And you never know. You never know who who it affects. Who's listening? You, you never, never really know. know what, if you might just say one thing that a person hears that might alter the course of their life, and that's ultimately why I think. Um, you know, I don't really do this for the listens and things like that. Like millions just, that are listening. Yeah, the millions and millions. You know, I don't really. I'm honored to be on. Yeah, yeah. you know just. <laughs> <laughs> your your uh your stock is uh is gonna skyrocket. Yes. I hope you're ready for the millions and oh, millions man. of emails. I don't think you're ready to be chasing around <laughs> like a young Michael Jackson. You know? <laughs> watch out. You, got, you got to wear sunglasses and, and hats yep. and, and hoodies well. yeah. when you go out in public. I mean, I don't know how he gets home at night after he leaves yeah, here. You know, there's at least like eight paparazzi on the corner. Well, that's why I got the dogs. I just let them bark a bunch, and then they just I put on a disguise. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, definitely, man. Thank thanks for coming yeah. on, and, yeah, thank and, you, and thank definitely, you, uh, you know, you know, just just shedding some more light on 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 this situation because I think people need to better understand it. And since we're people who are coming into contact with it more, you know, we, it's good to, we have to humanize it. We can't put it in a place where we're saying that the, you know, these people are just, uh, just stupid throwaway people. No, it's not, it's, it's never that. It, there's a person there and usually there's a, some sort of a, a trauma there and, uh, you know, it does better for us as a society to 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 love these people and to uh, to help them. Um, you know, because if we we help, you know, uh, those of us that need it, I think that that affects all of us. So, like I said, man, thanks for 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 uh, coming on, and uh, you know, whoever's out there, you know. Uh, one of our mil- one of our millions of fans uh <laughs> thanks for checking us out again you know we'll we'll be back uh you know next week with i don't know we don't even know right now but we'll be back with something new and uh if you value it come check us out again no well, thanks for listening and thanks for uh dean coming on and and telling us the story i know it wasn't probably easy so Thank you very much. Thank you, guys. All All right. right. See ya. We'll see ya. Peace.